What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions and our news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 187, I believe, if my math is correct, which there's a good chance it might not be. Uh, a little bit of baseball, not nearly as much as last week, just kind of catching up real quick on the state of the league championship series and then talk a little NFL. Had a couple of uh, relatively big events over the past week, a trade, an apparent confrontation, and maybe a QB controversy. We'll get into that. Uh, I do want to just say, um, you know, ben, Ben's, Ben's being a trooper. He is, you can't see him on the video feed. I can. Uh, dude is literally like shivering. Like it is very cold because um, he is trying to do the uh, the the turn on the heat shuffle. Yes. To avoid spending thirty nine dollars a gallon is what it's probably up to now at this point for heating oil, which is just insane. Um, and uh, <laughs> the man is uh, it's it, it's a bit nippy where he is. Yes. Yes. So multiple layers. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's he's 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 going through, but if you hear his teeth chattering. Uh, don't worry, he will be okay. He's just gonna throw another blanket and he'll keep going. So just, right. just, that's, just a fair right. warning. That's right. Uh, baseball. We're in the league championship series now. Uh, we weren't quite there yet. As of last weekend, uh, the 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 Guardians. I still keep wanting to call them the Cleveland Indians. The Guardians had a two-one lead over the Yankees. They of course squandered that. Right. Uh, Yankees are now facing the Astros in the ALCS, and they are down two nothing. Uh, Padres and Phillies in the NLCS. Uh, I know, I know the Phillies had success in the past decade or so before that, but it's kind of cool to see two two teams who went through, had some rough times, rebuilt a good, no, good solid organization, and are now going to one of them is going to get to represent the National League in the World Series and has a very good chance of winning. I don't think either one of these teams is a scrub where they're going to be fodder for the Yankees or um, Yankees or Astros. So I think, regardless of whatever the matchup is between the four existing teams. Uh, with the Phillies being up in that series currently two to one, uh, I think it'll be a fun World Series. Uh, I'm probably not going to watch either way, but I'll keep track of it because baseball has gotten so. Uh, as much as I've defended it in the past, it's almost unwatchable now unless it's a team you're a diehard fan of. So right. if you're a fan of one of those four teams, or just one of the five remaining diehard baseball fans in the world, uh, you, you'll watch it. But other than that, I mean, I, I can't. I can't justify five hours sitting there watching a team I'm not even rooting for. I mean, it doesn't hold my interest like the NFL does. The NFL, the, I watch a Jaguars-Browns Thursday night game if in the NFL, which would be an improvement this year over what they're throwing to at us now. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's baseball, as we've said before, has some issues it has to you know work through. But um, it'll be fun either way if you're a fan of one of those teams. And I'm sure, if, you know, there might be – some more attention if the Padres make it over the Phillies and that's not a knock on the Phillies at all it's just I'm sure baseball in its you know in its front office uh, corporate offices would love to have an east coast west coast team sure get the most eyeballs get the most attention one of the worst things that could although it's two of the major markets if you get the Phillies Yankees in the world series, you're looking at East coast attention and maybe West coast just moves on to basketball and football, which all honesty, a lot of, a lot of the nation has already moved on to football because as we've talked about, it just, 
five hours is just way too much time. So it, it is what it is at this point. We'll see if they make the, the changes in the offseason. You know, there's a lot of talk going back and forth about making certain changes that we've been talking about for long the past yeah. decade. Yeah. So we'll see if they push that forward. But, you know, I, I would like to see the Padres just because, you know, they haven't, it's, they haven't gotten – a championship yet so it, it'd be nice for them to get there i have no out no real animosity against the astros and the yankees i you know, i like to see them lose because well i'm just I'm a red sox fan so i want to see them lose but yeah i mean would it be interesting in a a a, a yankees padres world series because the yankees still continue that stupid who's your daddy chant yeah and the padres name literally translate to fathers so it'd be like oh the padres clearly are Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, right now it's looking like the Astros actually are. But, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, hey, we'll if, we... if you're the Astros, there's some vindication for the last couple of years of success. Everybody said it was only because of the whole, the, 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 the scandal, whatever, and how much that helped, didn't help, who knows. These are, by and large, the last couple of years, I know Correa left and, and, and some new people came in, like Verlander, obviously a big addition. But there's been some of the same players here who are having success again without any of the controversy. So, I mean, I think – I still think Wild Manfred is, is worthless and weak for not punishing them more severely when he found out. But, um, yeah, if I'm a Padres fan, I'm feeling pretty good about this team because, hey, look, nothing's going on now. They're watching them twice as close as anybody else. And they're still winning and they're still beating everybody else. They're still beating all your favorites. I don't know, as a Patriots fan, who would constantly be told by fans of lesser teams, or lesser successful teams, I should say, um, yeah. that, oh, the only reason your team is winning is because of this of this thing that happened four or five years ago. It got really old. Um, you know, uh, deflate gate, and I still use quotes when I say that, is something that a fourth grade science class could have proven was idiotic. Uh, and everybody just ignored every fact possible and just went for the jugular because they had to. It's the only reason they could justify the Patriots being so good at the time. But it is what it is. I just I think that's uh that's kind of cool for their fans because at some point, you know, you hate seeing it as a fan because sometimes it can make it feel like your joy for your team's success isn't really shouldn't really be. Um, but I I, I don't know. I think that's it, it's nonsense. Like. Everybody in every sport across the board takes every competitive advantage they can. And when you take it too far, do you get caught? Okay, whatever, you back off. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just my take. All right. So, on to the NFL. Uh, anything happened this week that I'm not remembering? Uh, Big trade. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So Huge trade. This guy, Christian McCaffrey. Well, I say this guy like nobody knows who he is. We all know who Christian McCaffrey is. I mean, three years ago, if you said he was traded, you would say, for what? Oh, my God. They got a haul for him. They got multiple first-round picks. They got, you know, second-round picks. They might have got a player in return also. And, you know, the Panthers come out. You know, they signed him to the extension. After his monster year, they signed him to an extension. And then he's just hurt over the next couple of seasons. Like, he's just not. You can't produce if you're not on the field. And hasn't 
lived up to the contract, although it's injuries, obviously not talent. We know he can do it. And I guess the Panthers just decided we're going to cut salary. We're going to rebuild completely. We're going to get some draft picks in exchange because we're paying this guy, but we're not going to win. Everything we've tried hasn't worked. I mean, you had a couple years of success with Cam Newton, and then they went back down to mediocrity, and they haven't really been relevant since in, in a consistent manner. So trade him. So what do they do? They trade him to the 49ers for four picks, including three uh, next next draft in 2023. I believe it's a 2024 fifth-round pick also. I think it's a second, third, and a fourth-round pick, I want to say, or second, third, and fifth. I was shocked when I didn't see it was for a first until I realized the Niners don't have a first because they traded a ton to trade up and get trade lands. Two, three, four, in 2023, five, and 2024. Okay, okay. But, but you're right. They don't have a first because – Yeah, they, Trey Lance, and they don't have much in the way of traffic in the next couple of years, it seems. Which is – I mean, if they win and they have the team they want, that's fine. I mean, the Rams, the Rams traded all that for essentially a Super Bowl t- title, and they got it. So right. – I mean, and they're still people they're still seem to forget contention. that. Yeah, people seem to forget that Rams team that won last year looked so good down the stretch. Didn't look so consistent in the early part of the year. They looked good, but they weren't killing it every week. They had some inconsistencies at times. So I don't think this team has anything to worry about. They're still going to be just as good. Apparently, the Rams tried getting them too. Uh, they, they look like they're going to move on from Cam Akers allegedly, uh, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because their running back situation isn't great. So why they move on from a guy who? Clearly has some talent. I don't get, but um, maybe they just want to get some draft picks too. Because much, much like the Niners, that team doesn't have a whole lot in the way of draft picks. I think. I mean, how much do you think this impacts San Fran? It's not going to impact. I mean, it it'll impact ticket sales in Carolina for the remainder of the year. They're not. They weren't winning with them. They're not going to win without them. They're a mess. They have to from the coach on down. They have to rebuild that team again uh, hopefully for their sake some of these defensive picks can pan out but the bigger thing is the 49ers because a lot of talent uh went to the afc this offseason i know both the the panthers and niners are, are nfc but this is a team that already had a lot of talent and there, there's not a lot of stacked teams in the nfc and now you're saying we're going to add a guy who when healthy, is the most elite weapon in the game. Now you're putting him with a better offensive line, a team that loves to run the ball. He can clearly catch out of the backfield. He got over 100 passes a few years ago. He has other members on that offense, other players on that offense, to take the the, the focus away from him. George Kittle, for eight minutes a year, he's healthy. Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk's looked really good. Uh, that Jennings kid looks really good. Not to mention when Elijah Mitchell comes back. That's a 1-2 monster in the backfield. This is a team where if Garoppolo can keep his crap together or just not lose games for them with turnovers, all of a sudden the Niners went from, okay, we're going to be in contention to we might see Rams-Niners in the NFC Championship game because the Packers aren't what we thought they would be. Well, they're what I thought they would be, but not what anybody else thought they would be. Uh, The Bucs don't seem to want to even play football right now. Brady just looks completely disinterested out there. So this might be a trade where the Niners just put themselves right in contention for a conference title. It is an interesting move by the 
by the 49ers. And my my opinion on this, and it creates matchup issues for other teams. Because how do you how do you how do you cover Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle? Uh, as you pointed out, when Elijah Mitchell comes back, which knock on wood come you know soon, I would like that very much so. Um, don't forget the a little surgeons from Tevin Coleman uh, last weekend kind of showed that yeah, he, he looked good. Something. Yeah, yep. Um, and, and it was interesting. Uh, there was a tweet that was put out. I want to say yesterday or the day before. It'll be interesting to see what twenty one personnel for the uh, for the um, was it twenty one personnel? Yeah, twenty one personnel for the Forty uh, ers will be. Um, with 21 personnel be two running backs, one tight end, I believe, which in a perfect world would be Elijah Mitchell and, and Christian McCaffrey with uh, George Kittle and then Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel at wide receivers. And the ability to flex out Christian and then bring Debo into the backfield and you're not really losing much because you have the third of the pass, you have the third of the run with either Christian or Debo. And then, like you pointed out, if Kittle can stay on, that versatility where you can threaten down the middle and threaten on this. It's like there's multiple threats. It literally hinges on Jimmy G's ability to get the ball into the playmaker's hands to make plays Mm -hmm. it's i I know it's simple and it's basic but in this situation uh shanahan and and the front office have literally give jimmy g the weapons to win a super bowl it's not much changed since what was it two years ago i think it was when they were in uh yeah Yeah. believe so and you, you couldn't quite win it then now you have a more more developed Debo Samuel. You have Brandon Ayuk is more developed, and now you've had a playmaker in, in Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of weapons there, and as we know, Jimmy G restructured to where his deal ends this year. Trey Lance is still under contract. This could be a banner year for Jimmy to go out there and get a free agent deal from. Name your team, Chris, that might want want somebody. Tampa Bay if Tom retires. Carolina. Minnesota. New Orleans. Who? Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, just throwing a few out there. Maybe Seattle moves on because Gino's okay, but not fantastic. Just kind of Detroit if they feel like they want to upgrade, if they think Jimmy would be an upgrade over Jared Goff. But this, this is pivotal for him, uh, for Jimmy G to really put up a good season with this kind of talent. Because if you don't, then teams are going to look at it and say, I can give you all the talent in the world. You're not going to do anything with it. So why am I going to pay you any any right. reasonable starter money? So Yeah, if you have a good offensive line and you have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey, and you still can't win games – uh, you, 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 know, you yeah, you should really be a backup or holding the clipboard as a third stringer or a coach somewhere else because that's insane. Um, I, I just want to point out too for San Fran, I think they got 
I think they still do have a good one-two punch. I know Elijah Mitchell is, you know, he went out week one. Jeff Wilson Jr. is coming and done a really nice job again. Like, that guy, he did good uh, when, when it was when after. Because they've had, I don't know what it is in the water in San Fran, but they've had running backs just get injured seemingly every year, and they just keep churning out more successful ones. Like, Raheem Mostert was an afterthought. Came in after practice squad one game. Did really well. They kept him, kept having him come in. I think it was the hero. It was him. Who was the hero a couple of years ago at the, in the NFC Championship against Green Bay, who just ran all over him. Uh, and I mean, now he went down to Miami. He's still be do, being successful. He's still having you know pretty good games um, for as good as they could have with the injuries they've had down there. And now you get Jeff Wilson Jr. who come in, and with the exception of Week One when Elijah Mitchell started, he didn't have great numbers. And last week he struggled, but you know it's going to happen from time to time. He's had really good numbers. I mean, nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's you know, 22 yards week one, 84 week two, 75, 74, 120, and then 25 last week. Uh, he's also uh, thrown a touchdown in two of the last three weeks. And he's not much in the receiving area, but we all know McCaffrey can handle that. And it's he's not going to have to go in there and rush, God, you know, 30, 35 times a game and take a chance at hurting himself and, you know, really decreasing his longevity. So I think this is this is a great spot for him because he can still be a part of the offense. P- teams have to respect him, especially with the other weapons they have. But he doesn't have to continuously just get beat down every game because he's the only option. So I think it's a great great fit for McCaffrey. Could be the best thing for Jimmy G, like you said. If he doesn't do it with these weapons, it ain't going to happen. And there's quarterbacks around this league that would that would, you know, Give their not give the give the 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 thumb on their non throwing hand to have the weapons that Jimmy G has to work with right now, and you know the front office. Hey, this isn't enough. All this talent here. Well, here's McCaffrey too. Now you have McCaffrey. There's nothing else we can do. We have a damn fine defense. We got an offense that should be able to put up 40 points a game legitimately. I mean, even with Jimmy not being a gunslinger, with the talent on that team, there's no reason they shouldn't be winning games and blowouts. There's no reason they should have lost to what was it, Atlanta last week they lost to? Yeah. Yeah, that that's there's no there's no way. San Fran's too good for that. And they're they they game plan too well. Kyle Shanahan's too good a coach for that. Uh I know things happen. I'm not trying to crucify anybody for a bad game, but they looked really bad. So I do have a question. I'm gonna flip this on to the other side of this trade. Okay. Out of these two players. Because I'm looking through the roster, really, Chris, and anyone on a rookie contract, I don't like. I I saw uh, rumors about or or people putting out ideas. Ooh, this team, my team, should trade for Brian Burns, who literally got drafted, I think, last year. So I'm kind of excluding the players that have been drafted the past two or three years. Oh, so you're not gonna, you're not going to trade Elijah Mitchell, okay, or Elijah Moore. Right. I know he's not on that team, just being a smart ass. But, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, um, Kyle Duggar's not going anywhere for the Patriots. Oh. Like, right. So Love that guy. He's I'm everywhere. excluding those. So there's two There's two players I'm looking at that are on their second contracts uh, that has already been banter about, and, and it's intriguing to see if they'll go in a, a direction. Uh, Shaq Thompson, outside linebacker, and obviously the, the – what one would think is the prize, and that would be DJ Moore. Uh, DJ's got 
four years left. Uh, Shaq, I believe, has one one year left on his contract uh, after this season. Obviously, uh, he has one more year after his deal. Which one do you think is more likely going to move? Oh, DJ Moore. Hundred percent. Uh, in my opinion, it would be only because they've drafted high end defense the last couple of years, or at least the majority of the last four or five years to build that defense uh, because they thought they had the offense with DJ Moore and McCaffrey and whoever they thought was going to work at quarterback that didn't work out. Um, yeah, if I were them, I'd say the offense just isn't working. Uh, DJ Moore can go into an already successful system and do really well and really help a team and, 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 and provide some a good spark for an offense. Uh, not that, you know, Burns, not that, uh, not Burns, uh, Thompson. Thompson. Not that he can't uh, provide that on defense, but I think the Panthers are going to focus more. You got to focus on one side of the ball. You got to build that up at least. You, you can't build an entire team all at once. So you got to build up that defense, and they've done that with some really good young players. Uh, to be honest, I'm not completely up to uh, snuff on the state of the Panthers defense as a whole, like how good everybody is, how good they're performing as compared to their draft stock. But they don't seem to give up massive points every week to like lesser teams. So, I mean, they're doing something right there on defense. They also need better coaching. I think they want to build the defense around their high defensive draft picks over the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. And they realize with trading McCaffrey, not having a consistent quarterback, I thought Baker was going to do far better than he did. I know I didn't think he was like Patrick Mahomes or anything. I thought Baker was going to do far better. And it turns out, it appears he was only competent because of the team they put around him in Cleveland, which sounds strange. But even uh, even Brissett, who's been backup, I mean, with the exception of the last game against the Patriots, uh, Brissett does look pretty good. He hasn't looked bad this year because they they you know running game. They run the ball and play defense. That's what they do uh, in Cleveland. They've done that well, but. Yeah, it's got to be the offense. I think anybody on the offense is is, is possible to go, um, with the exception of maybe some decent linemen. I don't know who their linemen are. But if I were them, I wouldn't trade anybody on defense you're high on. Build yeah. that defense. Because, look, there's teams right now showing you that even without an absolutely electric offense, if you play good defense, you can still win a lot of games. I mean, the Patriots aren't winning now because, you know, they're an offensive juggernaut. The defense is, is the offense is being is good. They're being consistent, but and they're running the ball well. That defense is wreaking havoc on offenses. They're rushing the court passer. They're 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 creating turnovers. Yeah. They're disturbing the secondary. Like everything you need to do, everything a defense needs to do to disrupt the other offense, they're doing, which is giving their offense time and they're scoring not as many touchdowns as they should be, but they are. Uh, getting the ball in the end zone and, and and taking advantage of turnovers. So you you can have a great offense, and unless you have an elite offense like a Bills or a, uh, a Chiefs, it's going to be really hard to win many games if you're giving up 45, 50 points because your defense can't do it. So there's my long-winded answer. Um, kind of to, to emphasize that point a little bit, 
it seemed like beginning of the season, the defense for the Panthers was decent. Uh, but as the season's gone on, they've kind of given up. And I'm going to probably equate that to the ineffectiveness of the offense. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, for sure. The The issue with, I guess, Matt Rule and, and going forward, and you may be annoyed by this statement uh, because it, com- it comes around every time we talk about these kind of situations, but it's the reality of the situation. And it's kind of even seeped into – college football if you have a i would say above average quarterback you have a chance to win if you have a less than above average quarterback your odds go down significantly and you might think well you know the bears uh, of recent history the ravens of recent history have proven that wrong well we don't live in those areas anymore and I understand, the, what was it, the 2002 Ravens were, uh-huh. okay. And I understand that's 20 years ago. Guess what? The league has jumped immensely since then. Oh, it's a different so, game, yeah. Yeah. Now you can run the ball. You can be efficient on offense. You have a game manager. That's great. You can do all that stuff. Um, but your quarterback does need to make plays at above average scale. Otherwise there's going to be times where uh, you get in situations where you need that quarterback to elevate his play. Doesn't have it in him and you you lose. That's just simple, simple facts of, of the game of football right now. You need your quarterback to be above average. And Matt rule made a decision early on. They kind of stuck with Cam Newton. Clearly he wasn't, fully healthy when he started uh, his uh, regime in Carolina and they never got it right. They kept throwing, you know, second round, third round picks or, you know, they, they signed Teddy Bridgewater. They traded for Sam Darnold. They traded for uh, Baker Mayfield this past, like you're, you kept throwing stuff against the wall and nothing stuck. Yeah. And it, and it didn't help that, their most prolific player was probably injured most of the time. It didn't help. So this is the reality of the situation. Uh, when the new regime comes in, that's going to be first and foremost on their lists. Chris, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We're looking at exp- – I'm looking at expanding to four or five potential first-round pick quarterbacks in this draft. Really? Hmm. At, at, it's one of those years where you're seeing kids. We got a we got we got a Joe Burrow uh, situation rising up on uh, down in Tennessee. If you haven't seen that kid play, no, you mentioned him uh, a few times. Though. I haven't seen him play yet, though. Yep, he just went down. He, oh, I'm sorry, he, they did not. They were playing in Tennessee, but uh, he outdueled the Heisman Trophy winner from last year and beat Nick Saban's. Alabama Crimson Tide. It was a fantastic game. I didn't catch it all, but I catched the back half of it and it was fantastic. And Tennessee erupted. It was amazing. Tore down the goalpost. You know, Chris. They oh, rushed yeah, the, the whole, field. Whole, whole shtick, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was this kid, and this kid is the reason why Alabama lost. And Bryce, Bryce Young played 
Bryce played ex- exceptionally, but this kid just took too, it to just another too level. Good. Yeah. Yep. So we're we're probably we're probably looking at another three to five, maybe in in this draft. I I just real quick before we move on to the next topic, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't when you said. This might upset you. Were you talking to people listening or me? Because I agree 100%. No, no, but... no, no, no. In general, anyone who's oh, yeah. tired of no, hearing I, about... I... If you're like a defensive mind person who likes defense or you're just sick of the narrative, oh, well, quarterbacks drive the team. Quarterbacks drive the league. If you're that kind of person, I'm sorry. But that's just the truth. We we just saw it last week. The Cowboys have looked good with... Uh, what, Hooper Rush, is it? Uh, since Dak went out. They look fine. And then he went against the Eagles, who are playing at a different level than them. And it was like, okay, you can get by with the other talent on your team with this and a, a, a defense that's playing really, really well, uh, with subpar to average teams. You might get lucky once in a while. Uh, but when you go against a team that's just better than you, you have to have the personnel that can match it play for play. I mean, look at that uh, the Chiefs Bills game this past weekend. I mean, that was two two teams that. It was a coin toss. Yeah, both incredible. I mean, it's going to probably be the AFC Championship game again. Those two teams. I, I'd be it'd be hard pressed to think it's anything else. Maybe someone else will sneak in there. I'd love in my heart of hearts to think my team has a chance to do it. But I mean, against one of those two, realistically, the current state probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you can't beat elite talent with subpar talent, and that's 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 one thing about the NFL that'll never change. That's uh, it. It's a good segue, though, Chris. Yes. <laughs> now, now, before we get into it, um, I, I know you're not a a, a listener of the Boston radio. Have, no. have you heard anything chirping out of Boston about this situation? Uh, I do. <laughs> I heard first of all that make uh, we talked about this before we started recording way too much about the whole Bob Kraft and uh, Jerry Jones interaction in the meeting where apparently Kraft said something Jones didn't like it and they had a little spat or Jones you know reacted in a way he said he probably shouldn't have get over it their business their business professionals in a meeting uh, and stuff things got heated it's much yeah. ado about nothing and it's between yep. them nothing to do with on the field who gives a shit honestly. Um, but yeah, apparently now after, mm-hmm. you know, cause it, it's a natural question to have the whole, and obviously what you're refer- referencing is the, the, the alleged quarterback controversy in New England now, at least I think that's what you're alluding to. I uh, guess. Okay. Uh, I was if there's a different story, I haven't heard it yet. So enlighten me. No, but, uh, it, it's natural to say, oh, the Patriots didn't look great offensively the first couple of games. What I saw from Mac Jones in that game he got hurt in with the Ravens is all I needed to see. He had fire. He was diving all around. He was doing whatever it took to win. He was getting the team fired up. Mm-hmm. I saw a, 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 in that game, I saw, yeah, they lost, but I saw a leader. I saw a guy the team can get behind, the team can depend on. So a lot of times when the team was just, they seemed dead in the water, Brady would walk up to a defensive lineman and push him and get a 15-yard penalty because then the offensive lineman would get all fired up and they'd come back and they'd win the game. And it's like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's a leader doing what it takes to get his team fired up. 
I started seeing a little bit of that from Mac, and then he got hurt, which is unfortunate because the team was starting to look better. And then Zappy comes in, and he's looked really good the last couple of games. And I'm not trying to crap on the kid because I, if look, whatever happens, if he's the guy, I'm going to root for him. If it's Mac, I'm going to root for him. I still think it's Mac, hands down. He's the high draft pick. He's the guy they put the stock in. It's going to be him. Uh, but just just to kind of put things in perspective, they faced the, the statistically the worst two defenses in the league the last two, seasons, the last two uh, weeks. So they did what they had to do. They won handily. They looked good. Uh, people can say, and I, I, for one, said, oh, well, they almost beat Green Bay in Green Bay. We've now learned after the last few weeks that's not exactly the hardest thing to do anymore. So it kind of... Look, it doesn't dampen it. A win's a win, a loss is a loss. But it, it, you have to put it into perspective. Mac, it's still Mac's job. It's going to be when he comes back. But this is the best thing for the team. If he struggles, you have a guy who can step in, and he knows it. So if there was any complacency at all, which I doubt it. He's only a second-year guy. It's not like he's a veteran. This could alleviate that. The thing I don't like... I have no problem with the comparisons. I have no problem with the controversy. That's a natural thing that's going to happen. Is mm-hmm. now everyone's saying how New England has soured on Mac Jones, which is just absurd. It's absurd. The guy went out. We thought he was going to miss six to eight weeks. We thought going into that one and two, one and three, uh, one and three, this team wasn't going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. And Zappy comes in, and now we're three and three, looking really good. The defense looks great. I got to ask you a question about Kyle Duggar when we're done with this part of the conversation. Sure. Uh, and it, believe me, it's a positive thing. Um, I mean, it, it, it's just Mac didn't do anything to lose the job. And I know we say, oh, Bledsoe, Brady, whatever, you know, Bledsoe didn't either. Well, Bledsoe had also been there for quite some time. And look, you're not going to find anyone who's a bigger Drew Bledsoe fan when he was on that team than me. Even when he was off the team, I was still follow the guy, and I was still a huge fan. Still am to this day. Still seems like a really good dude. There's a lot of good things for the community and everything like that. We needed a change then. Mac is the change now. There's a difference. That team needed a spark then. We have it now. And we have a guy who can come in and be a suitable backup if, if need be. I just know I hope I hope Matt comes back and, and he come, comes back when he's ready to come back. Don't rush. Because the if he comes back and there's gonna be a little bit of rust probably, he hasn't been able to run around and do all the things he needs to do for a couple of weeks now. People are gonna be all over this guy. Because New England sports fans are some of the most toxic fans. I love the teams. Not a fan of the fan base, can't stand the radio personalities. They're just abysmal, they're nothing but misery. They will just crap all over this kid when all he's done is try his hardest, work his ass off. And he got hurt at a bad time, worst time. And then someone else came in, did a really good job. But a lot of people aren't realizing, or they're ignoring, is Mac was also part of that team's progression. You could see it from week to week, what they were trying to do and what they were building to. And what they're building to is what they have now. Throw when you have to. Run as much as you can. Control the ball. Ball control offense. 
play solid defense, create turnovers. Mm-hmm. It's a simple formula that they're executing very well. And it took three, four, or five weeks for some of these teams to either get on track with their game plan or to prove they just were flops. And the Patriots have certainly gotten on track and looked really good the last few weeks. Even when they lost, they don't look terrible. You were just talking about with the Pan- the Panthers' uh, defense falling off in some games, and you said I blamed it on the offense. 100%. The Patriots' offense wasn't good the first few weeks, and they kept putting uh, uh, defense in bad spots, whether it be turnovers or, or just not being able to maintain a drive, which is why they're running the ball more, not being able to maintain a drive, and the defense had to keep coming on the field. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're the 0-1 Ravens. If you're on the field 45 minutes a game, you're going to give up points and things are going to get by you because you just you can't. It's, it's way too much. Um, like said, a lot of the stuff you said, I I agree on. Uh, how I see it is that when Bailey came in, they had no choice. They had to, you know, they had to chuck the ball. They had to do it because they're trying to win the the end of the Packers game. They came back the following week against Detroit. And they, they said, you are not going to win us the game, but you are absolutely not going to lose, lose us the game. Right. That is 100% accurate. They were not going to put him in a position to, to lose this game, put the defense in bad positions, because they knew that if they fell behind by too much, there was no way for them to come back and win that game. Okay? They did get help by Detroit, one being – poor on defense to do a lot of fourth down uh, going for fourth down. However, the defense uh, held it up. Um, one point, I think, where is it? Yeah. The Patriots went 17 for 21 passing against the lions and they had 35 rushing attempts. Okay. First game for kids, first game of his career yep. in the NFL. They said, you are not going to lose this game. If you're going to pass, they're going to be high percentage passes. And we're going to run the ball down the throat of the defense. And, you know, they kind of did it the, the following week. You know, they the Browns bottled up uh, Ramondre a little bit, but he was able to break it out a little bit in the, the second half. I should know. I saw him uh, help pull my uh, fantasy team ahead. Uh so I kind of know that you know the the Patriots are really starting to run the ball more. Uh, to that point, um, I'll go to the following week where they passed the ball. They went twenty four for thirty four in the passing game, and they rushed the ball twenty nine times. So, is that a little bit more passing than rushing? Yeah, but twenty nine rushes is a lot, especially in a game in, in this day and age. So. Not to cut you I out, I'm sorry. Did, think, did you watch that game, though? Uh, Which one? No, last week against Cleveland? Uh, No, I was traveling. All right. Well, after you make your point, I want to I wanna bring up something about that game real quick. Sure, sure. Um, So when we look at this game coming up, and that's Monday night against the Bears, who another team trying to find their way. I, I don't know. I don't call them dysfunctional because it's a new head coach. They're trying to install new stuff. So I, I and yes, I'm giving Justin Fields leeway because 
I said he was going to be really, really good, and he has proven the opposite so far. Uh, but I, I, I want to give them an opportunity to try to right the ship under new leadership. They're not porous as far as a defense and as a team, but they do have a lot of issues. I, um, if Bailey starts, I think you're going to see a lot more of the same. Maybe they'll expand a little bit more, but I don't know if you're going to see much more. Whereas if Mac Jones comes in, they're going to do a lot of the same of what they've been doing, but they're going to give him a little more rope. And, and I'm sure Mac has been seeing the progress of the offense and what it's capable of doing. And I think having a little bit more faith in the run game will prevent the issue that happened with Mac Jones. And then the following week with Brian Hoyer, where they're getting smacked around um, and causing, causing the injury in, uh, in uh, the Packers game, causing the injury uh, for Brian Hoyer. So, I don't think Bailey Zappi has usurped Mac Jones as the starter. Bailey Zappi would need, and this is this is strange to say, he would need to perform well against the Jets, which the past few years wouldn't have been a problem, but it seems like that Jets team has turned it around a little bit. So, But I don't think he's going to start against the Jets. Proof of what uh, good they, coaching can do. True. They, they knew what they had. They know what they have in Bailey Zappi. They understand he's a rookie. He's young. They know let's, let's not put him in a situation. They did the same thing with Jacoby Brissett when he was younger. They did the same thing with Jimmy G when he was younger. They did the same thing last year against Buffalo in that win game where they what passed the ball three times. Yeah. So you know what you have. Um, and they have the Jets next week. They have their uh, the Colts the week after. They have their bye I'm week. Actually, I'm actually going to that game. Which one? Colts game. You are. Yep. Cool. I'll be. I'll be. Probably seeing you on TV, buddy. Could be uh, kind of high up. They're not. They're not. They're not super low. They're dice seats. I. I mean, they're the ones I've won from the uh, the, the auction the last couple of years. Oh, nice. So. So we're looking at the Jets. Because I, I, I don't know about you, Chris. I don't know how serious I would take the Colts right now because they're just so they're so <sighs> Jekyll and Hyde. You got the Colts that can't that, that can't beat a bad team, or the Colts that beat the Chiefs and uh, pretty handily. I mean, yeah. Jay, you said Jekyll and Hyde. What do you what do you, I mean? Which team shows up? And and, and the, so the Jets really are like as scary as it is. That's the barometer they're going to have to live by for the next couple of weeks and. If Bailey wants to usurp Mac Jones, A, he needs to start the first game and have success. And if he has success, maybe the change happens. But my opinion, I think Mac starts Monday night. Yeah, I think as soon as he's healthy, 100%, and he can put a full week of practice, and I think he starts too. Uh, all indications say he's going to start Monday night. Uh, real quick, I just want to get back. I can't believe I'm actually about to do this, but I'm actually about to stick up for the Jets. Uh, I feel kind of bad for him, honestly, because for all the times, more or less the fans, uh, which, again, I can't believe I'm actually saying as a Patriots fan, but uh, actually, Drew, the Patriots fan in me is laughing. The football fan in me is like, what the hell are you doing? 
this team had struggled for so long that even when they had a stellar defense, the offense wasn't up to par. And when they had a good offense, the defense, you know, wasn't up to par. They got the right guy in there in Robert Sala. And I told a lot of Jets fans I know. I know quite a few. I told them, I said, this guy is really, really, really good. He's going to turn that team around. And he has. I mean, absolutely has. And they had a real good draft this year. And, they have, you know, the team's heading in the right direction. They're, what, 4-1, and 5-1? and one? Four and two. Four and two. Okay. Uh, four and two. Best start they've had in a long time. Everything looking up. Running backs are doing well. Zach Wilson's progressing. Receivers look good. And then you got this wet blanket, Elijah Moore, who can't just be happy he's winning. Can't understand that he's not a game changer no matter where he is. And wants to demand a trade because he's not being used enough. You're in week seven, moron. No bad you made yourself look. You're not T.O. You can't just be an a-hole off the field and demand a trade. You haven't done enough yet. Chris, how long has he been in the league? I mean, <laughs> this is his third year, but he hasn't, been, he hasn't been an impact at any point. Uh, it is his second year. Second, okay, so he's a rookie. Yeah, it's a second-year player demanding a trade from a team that's finally successful, that's still figuring things out. If you just shut up... And by the, look, I understand if we're if he's going in year three or four and they're just not using him, being like, "Hey, can I go somewhere where I might be able to get a chance?" Uh, who is the um, Garrett Garrett Wilson, the Jets' first round receiver, the the, the guy they took in the first round, right? Garrett yep. Wilson. Yep. When Joe Flacco was quarterback, which is one of the reasons I picked him up on the waiver wire, uh, he was seeing a lot of action with Zach Wilson. He's spreading the ball around a little bit more. They're running the ball more. Mm-hmm. He's not seeing as much. That offense, they, they haven't figured it all out yet. Much like a team like New England that's rebuilding a position, so are the Jets. And they're going to figure things out, and they're going to get more consistent, and they're going to get more stable. Right. Uh, I think the talent and the success you're seeing from them is legitimate. I, I don't think it's luck. I don't think it's a fluke. I think it's good coaching and good players at the right spots. And then this guy wants to come around and, oh, I'm not being used as much as I want. Four, three or four games in the Zach Wilson starting this year, three games after he came back from the injury and his team is still trying to figure things out and develop and, and get an, a, a, a concrete offensive plan. And this guy wants to come along and throw a wrench into it. If I'm a GM around the league, I look at that guy and I say that, that the talent, the, the talent to selfishness ratio mm-hmm. is not there. It's not right. there. Stay away. What are they going to get for him? They're not going to trade him. If oh, anything, it's just going to get himself cut in the off season. He doesn't have any value. They already said they're not trading. Them. Yeah, like that's the the head coach has already said we're we're just not trading them. But they did bench him for Sunday. They've already stated that he's not playing. Good. So, but I don't I don't I don't get the move by Elijah Moore. I really don't no. understand. Like when I saw it, I'm like, that's the team succeeding. They're they're doing pretty good. Um, he's got. 16 receptions, 203 yards, and no touchdowns in six games. And you're a second-year player who's made zero impact. Correct. And was drafted in the second round. So he literally has two more years under contract after the season. So, look, you can be frustrated all you want that, you know, they drafted Garrett Wilson. They signed Corey Davis. 
I don't know how to help you, kid. Go out there and produce. (laughs) Do the right things. Run your routes the right way, whether you get the ball or not. I think that's the one thing that someone like Devontae Adams would tell you, that that DeAndre Hopkins would tell you. Like, I'm sure Hunter Renfro is super frustrated right now because, trust me, I have not played him all season in my fantasy team because I thought – Okay, you're looking at guaranteed six, seven receptions a game, 80, 90 yards. I haven't even thought about playing him because it's not there. And I'm sure he's super frustrated. But one, you don't hear anything about him. And two, they're probably trying to figure out this offense because now they've integrated the best receiver in the league. So as a receiver, your success hinges on the quarterback. And you may only make an impact – two or three plays in a game. And he's not making in and in his opinion, he's not making any impact, probably. And he wants to go somewhere to make an impact. Well, make an impact elsewhere. Make a key block. Get on a punt coverage team. Get on the kick coverage team. Do something to contribute so that you feel like you're a part of the team so that way when you have success or you get the ball you're confident that you're going to make a play. Yeah. But right now, you can't make a play if you're not playing because you just got benched. And and, and you can't – like, you couldn't make a statement on a team that was begging for guys to step up and take a leadership role. And certain guys have, and as well as coaches, and that's why you're seeing the success you are this year in the team. And again, uh, unfortunately, I think it's – are they going to win the Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. They're not – that point yet but look they're heading in the right direction and there's a lot of players in that team look really good uh i'm ed gardner i refuse to call a grown man sauce so i'm ed gardner uh he's wow he amazing looks like looks like a veteran already yeah and if elijah moore looked that good already at his position i'd be saying eh, maybe he has a leg to stand on here and quinn um, williams apparently is wrecking on the defensive line oh yeah that, that team looks very, very good, but they don't look unbalanced good. That's the thing. They look like they're a good, balanced football team, which is what solid coaching will do, which is why Robert mm-hmm. Sala was the best decision this team could have made, and which is why when I saw him go to the Jets as a Patriots fan, I was like, damn it, come on. Yeah. Uh, and as Patriots fans, we haven't had many of those. Usually the Jets sign someone, and we're like, oh, well, he'll flop there. <laughs> when I saw them get Sala, I was like, that's going to improve him. Damn it. Oh, well. Um, real quick, just – I wanted to comment on uh, something I saw in that uh, from Bailey Zappi in that uh, Patriots uh, Lions game or Browns game, excuse me. Mm-hmm. He went out and he started he was doing the short passes, mm-hmm. the the not really the screens. They're not really doing the screens as much as they used to, uh, but went out and short passes, good passes, high completion passes. Uh, Devontae Parker has been absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. That guy, uh, Jacoby Myers, has made some great catches. Uh, you know, uh, Bourne, unfortunately, got injured. He's a playmaker. And I don't know why people keep thinking they want me to trade that guy. I don't get it. They don't. Hold on to him. Um, uh, What's my forgetting? Uh, Aguilar's looked okay. He's looked good. And Thornton last week. Man, what a – I know it's one game. I know he's a rookie. And I know it's against a bad team in garbage time. But – just exciting to see him make plays and where he'll progress to over the next couple of seasons. Zappi came out after the, the Pats had a, had a lead and 
He threw up a couple to Devontae Parker that Parker came down with. And he just kept, like, overthrowing. He was floating. He didn't look good. And you saw him go to the sideline. And I think Belichick, it was, I couldn't see exactly who it was, but he was talking to somebody. Somebody talked to him, and he started just throwing the ball on the sideline, just just completing passes to just a random somebody, team personnel, mm-hmm. went back out and made some, honestly, pretty elite throws. I mean, we're talking middle of the field, in the breadbasket. The only person who could have got it was his receiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this kid's the second coming of Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. I'm just saying it bodes well because people keep comp- commenting on Mac Jones' intelligence as a player to have a backup, too, who can not only take advice and improve that quickly and implement that advice that quickly, but isn't too proud to say, I got carried away, I was doing good, and I just started airing the ball out down the field, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't completing passes, missed four or five in a row, they went three and out a couple of times, they, weren't, they got away from the game plan, and then they got back to it, and they started mowing down the Browns. That is one of the most encouraging things you can see as a fan is, all right, they were doing good. They got a little carried away. They reined themselves in, and then they attacked again, and they looked phenomenal. I loved that. More than the final score, more than anything else, I loved seeing that. That was huge because that is not something a lot of teams have. They're going down a bad path. They don't ever change. They just stick to their guns, and they end up looking like the Broncos. So... Um. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think just, it's just a positive takeaway. Yeah, and I think it's just the evolution of the offense in yeah. part, but also, yeah. kid's amped up. He's he's probably mm-hmm. sailing the balls a little bit because he's like, oh yeah, I got my first win. I can keep rolling. In the back of his head, I am sure he has this thought: Well, if I can get one or two more starts, I can get wins, and I can get wins because. I was a key contributor to, to the wins. Maybe I'll get the starting job. I, I'm sure they have a great relationship, him and Mac Jones. But let's be honest. There's one quarterback position on the team, and there's 32 quarterback positions in the league. Yep. So it's a premium position. It's not running back where you can run two posi- two two guys in the same, um, same role. Although – some teams have tried two quarterbacks and never works. Uh, Ever. Receiver, you could have two, three, four. Tight ends, you could have a couple. Even ta- tackles and guards nowadays, offense linemen. You could be a sixth, seventh uh, lineman and still have see good playing time and, and be productive. Quarterback, yeah, you, you're hoping, unfortunately, for the starter to fail or – get injured so i think i think that's in his head a little bit too uh it's i'm not i'm not saying he shouldn't do that he absolutely should be he should every quarterback in the league should want to start but there's only so many positions and i think mac on the heels of his rookie season is the starting quarterback I think he's proven that he has the capabilities of leading this team successfully into the playoffs because he did it last year. I don't think there's anything that has led me to believe that he should be the uh, Bailey should be the starter over Mac Jones. It's just a matter of the next two games are the key. 
if Mac, Do- Mac Jones doesn't start the next two games. Bailey Zappi is key member of winning both those games. Then you could see the change. But we're at it was what initially four to six weeks for for Mac. I think that was, was his timeline. The Patriots were six. Uh, that was uh, that was a Patriots timeline. His was <laughs> six, to, six to eight, maybe from his doctor. Right. So we're, and we're talking three weeks, and he's back. Right. So everything's pointing to him starting. Now maybe he doesn't start. Um. I would hold more weight to next week against the Jets. Him starting, uh, if Max starts, now Max starts and is not productive and Zappy is inserted into the game, then we have a controversy, I think. But I think what's going to happen is Mac is going to go out there Monday night. They're going to win the game. They're going to be conservative with the ball. They're going to run the ball. Uh, it's his first game back. They're not going to want him to get hit too much. We know how the Bears defense can be in its heyday. Unfortunately, I don't think we're there anymore. No. Um, not without Cleo Mack. No. And I think the Jets The Jets game is going to be pivotal. Um, the first one will be pivotal for, for the rest of the season on who a if they're going to make the playoffs and b who the starting quarterback is going to be but yeah i think mac just comes back and all this bailey zappy qb controversy will just subside go to the side but i like what you you always say it it's not a bad thing to have a good quarterback in the waiting that's capable and two does bring some value if another team wants to try him out you know, you don't get one of the quarterbacks in the draft or you pick up one of these, you know, veteran QBs that you're like, ah, you're not 100% sure on. But maybe I can draw Bailey Zappi away from the Patriots for a second round pick. And now you've you've won. If, I, if I'm the Colts, if I'm the Seahawks, Look, I know Gino has done really well, but there's nothing in his history of his career that, that is going to lead me to believe this is something that's going to maintain consistency. If yeah. I'm the, if, if I'm the, uh, um, uh, oh god, the Saints, mm-hmm. even the Falcons, uh, the Falcons drafted somebody. If any of those three teams I just mentioned, in the offseason, I pick up the phone and I say, "Hey, this kid available?" Because the only thing more valuable, uh, only thing more valuable than an unknown is a known commodity. Obviously, a damaged commodity isn't worth much at all, as we see with, you know, we got like the kill Harry trade. Will we get a seventh round pick for him? I'm surprised yeah. we got that. I'm surprised we didn't have to give the Bears something to get rid of the contract, honestly. But, you know, he's a known commodity, Bailey Zappi, but not everything you need to know to, you know, to throw the, you know, the to make it a blockbuster trade. But there could be a team coming off for a, a, I mean, if you're a desperate team, and this kid goes mm-hmm. out. You saw the good things in two in those two weeks. And if I saw the improvement after he got a little carried away, I know NFL scouts saw that. So, I mean, you could come in and have a team that's desperate say, second-round pick. If they got multiple second rounds, we'll give you a second-round pick for this kid. Yeah. We see potential. He has intelligence. We like some of the throws. We saw those two weeks he started. And the third week he came in as a sub in Green Bay and looked pretty good. Uh, if Matt goes the rest of the year and plays, 
and nothing else comes of it, you could see, I, I agree with you 100%, you could see a quarterback desperate team that might not have the draft position to get one of the big ones coming out of college this year, say, we'll give you a second round pick. We'll go over the top. That way we have our first round pick. We can build another part of our team and we have our quarterback. We're going to hitch our wagon to. Interesting. Other thing, comment I saw, and I'll, I'll be good after this. We can go on my last, my, my Duggar question. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I saw this. It was just a, a fan comment. It was on a thread about, the, it was on the Patriots thread. It might have been on Reddit. Somebody just said, if Mac Jones is who we think Mac Jones really is, we will forget about Bailey Zappi very quickly. Like you just said, the whole Zappi fever, as they're calling it, like, kids look great, happy for him, happy for the team, fun to watch, exciting games. If Mac is really what Belichick thinks he is and what we all think he is, what we've seen the progression leading to, uh, we're going to be fine getting a second-round pick for this kid in the offseason. Uh, or hanging on to him and letting him progress and see where it goes. You never know. I, I look. I'm trying not to over oversell this guy. I, I am turning into such a Kyle Duggar fanboy. It's it's almost getting borderline embarrassing. Uh, everybody laughed at this pick two years ago when the Patriots didn't take a first round pick, but instead they waited till day two and picked a safety. Some guys said could have been available in the fourth or fifth round. That's always the thing. Like Cole Strange has looked really good this year, and all people yes. did was bury the Patriots all mm-hmm. offseason. Oh, he could have been a sixth-round pick. I wouldn't have taken him. Well, that's great. That's great. Was it the Green Bay GM who said that? Yeah, that's great. Where's your team now? Under Aaron Rodgers' thumb because you weren't smart enough to stand up for yourself. Yeah, Strange has looked awesome. And for all this about Belichick not being able to draft, a lot of these guys he's brought in the last couple of years are why this team is succeeding right now without an elite quarterback in the position. So, I'm going to tell you right now, my opinion, you got Ty Law, you got Malloy, you got, uh, you got, uh, oh, God, uh, Teddy Bruschi, William McGinnis. Uh, I know Devin McCourty in there. He's had an outstanding career. Kyle Dogger is going to be the next in line of outstanding homegrown Patriot defenders who really change his position. Wow. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And he's not just, he's not everywhere when it doesn't matter. There must have been eight of the first ten offensive players to the Browns last week. This guy was there. He's a ball hawk. And not not necessarily the the the, the sense of uh, or no, it's for the ball. I should say not ball hawk. That's a cornerback, good interceptor kind of thing. This kid is. He's. He's just going to be the cornerstone of that secondary, for years to come. He's going to be the Devin McCourty, the guy where the, the 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 DBs might change around him. But he's going to be the guy who you, you draft around, who you do pick free agents around. Can they work with him? Does their game match his? He is that good, and he's only going to get better. This is only year three. But uh, yeah. Year three. He's just, I mean, he's a second rounder. Only have next year, and then I'm going to have to give him an extension. I think they give them an extension this offseason, personally, because they're going to have a ridiculous amount of cap room, which is something else people are forgetting. All their success, they're going to be able to go out and get whoever they want in free agency. 
and re-sign some of their key guys. Just wanted to throw that out there. Everything I've seen from this guy, he tackles well. He has he has a noise for the ball. He's intelligent. He he's he focused. He's gonna be the te- that team's leader in the secondary. Lay Judon is up front. If he isn't already, he's gonna be soon. I mean, McCordy. Well, okay, McCordy is. I'm sure still because of his veteran status, but McCordy's not long for this league. He's been around a very long time. He's contemplated retirement for years. It's gonna get past the Duggar. And he's going to be that next great homegrown Patriots defender. It's interesting, Chris. I will say that I'm, I'm looking at some stats for uh, now. I'm, I'm, I don't profess to know the ins and outs of the advanced stats. Uh, I'm on pro football uh, reference. Uh, however, I think uh, I'm looking at one stat in particular that's Intriguing, and I don't know how to measure this, but uh, he has uh, 23 combined tackles, and he's missed two so far. And he's about on pace for his career average of missed tackle percentage of 8%. Um, Passer rating towards him when targeted is uh, uh, 41.4%, which... I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's like Russell Wilson level, yeah. Does he get targeted a lot because he's a safety? Not really, but, I mean, that should also tell you, you know, he doesn't get targeted a lot. So he's – when he is targeted, he is successful uh, uh, most most of the time. Uh, And I think he's really starting to kind of be that playmaker. Yeah. That – I think Belichick saw he's got what one fumble recovery right now for a touchdown. He's got one interception this year. He's making a lot of plays and he missed what did he miss? One game? Did he miss one game this year? Or? I don't know. Maybe. Uh no, he didn't miss a game. He just I think he missed some time during the game, but Look, I was critical of the pick, too. I'm not going to lie. But everything from the training camp of his first season, you started hearing some things, and then that first four or five games, it's like, huh. This is a big kid, 6'2", fast, covers. Second-round pick. I mean... I don't. I have. I have no complaints about Kyle Duggar. And, and it's like it, it's like you say every year when I when we have a, a top a top tier corner in the draft, and I look at the stats, and I'm like, this guy's a top tier corner. And you always tell me, sometimes the stats don't tell the entire story. Sometimes, yeah. with especially members of the secondary, it's just it's intangibles and just smarts as far as towards the game. And this kid has it, and he has it at a high level. And he's gonna yeah. be, he's gonna be one of the elite safeties in the league in very short order. And there was questions about, and I'll, I'll, you know, it's just this is not the Patriots um, podcast. It is right now. I, I it can be for a few minutes. Uh, I, I just wanted to bring up another guy that it's it's intriguing what he's doing because there was questions about his size and at corner, uh, Jack Jones. Yes. 
early <laughs> on. Yeah. He's 5'11", like, but the kid has made some plays. He's got two picks, a fumble recovery, a forced fumble, a touchdown. He's making tackles. Look, I, he's undersized as a corner. So if a big, if a big uh, offensive lineman comes around to to block, or a big running back comes downhill and he's got a full head of steam, there is a chance that he's going to get just mulled over. But one, he's willing to stick his his his, his nose in the business, and two. He can stick some receivers. I, I've seen it already in a few games. <clears throat> Even when they lost Jalen Mills for a game, game and a half, he stepped right in and boom. Bill, I don't think Bills took him off the field since he started for Jalen no, Mills. So. And, and it's kind of hard to. Um, and then you got Jonathan Jones. At, at one point, we had three Jones at cornerback, which was because uh, they also drafted Marcus Jones. And then Mac at quarterback. Jesus. Right. A lot all about the Joneses, huh? Gotta bring Chandler back. <laughs> um gotta, but, sell the, gotta sell the team to Jerry. Right. No, don't do so, that. Don't even oh don't I don't I'm sorry I put that out there. But um you know, I think uh, Jonathan Jones is either on the last year or second to last year's contract. Jalen Mills is Jalen Mills. He's very he's a ball hawk but he can get burnt so i'm optimistic about what the next next phase of the secondary for the patriots is going to be because you're going to see at some point david mccordy is going to retire it's just going to happen at some juncture and then uh i think you'll see jalen mills move on and then we're going to see how kyle duggar and maybe Jack Jones kind of takes this secondary into the future with uh, a few more years of Matthew Judon and, you know, see what else uh, can kind of percolate to the top. Cause I haven't seen that second year jump from Christian Barmore. So I'm, I'm hoping to see a little bit more out of him, but as far as the rest of the defense, there's a lot, there's a lot to like. And yeah, I think, I think you started from, the, the right point like it starts with Kyle Duggar not only being a, a good safety and a good tackler but just a playmaker with you know could we say at some point shades of Ed Reed uh I wouldn't put him in that category yet but he has an ability right like I I can't I Ed Reed is just I mean my dog's about to lose their mind we got company coming in uh, so, there she goes. That's my girl. All right. She barks people she likes, actually. If she comes at you barking, that means, like, you're totally good. She's going to stop at you two feet away and wag her tail. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far yet, but, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm the guy who called Otani this closely to Babe Ruth, so I know what you're saying. Uh, um, doesn't have to be exactly the same, but, um, yeah, headed that way. I mean, he's... Look, I guarantee you, if you actually saw that game, because it's just, it's like, and I'm going to make a comparison here. To me, it was like when you used to watch the Ravens play, and Ray Lewis was in on every tackle, it seemed. He wasn't, realistically, statistically, but it seemed like it. He was there. He just has a nose for the ball and a nose for the play, and it's, it's, 
it's something you you can't teach that level of 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 just it. There's an it factor or something. You just can't teach it. Like he just he has the intelligence and all the intangibles. And, and I think it, that's it's why really I, impressive to watch. And I think that's why you're right when you say this offseason, they'll see a contract extension. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't even I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't let him get frustrated. I just keep him just lock him up. Yeah. He's that good. And if you do it now, there's a chance you could get a couple years at a cheaper rate before he realizes how good he is and you have to give that extension in the middle of a contract. So and I, one more thing before we go. We've gone longer than I thought we were going to go. But, I mean, for me, I just have to say, um, last year, no matter how good Belichick is, he has to have the right – you have to have also have the right assistance in place mm-hmm. to enforce and maintain your standard and your quality – and while Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were not successful in their 10 years away, uh, anyone who's left this team and then come back to this team from a head coaching gig has only done better things for the team, with the exception of Josh McDaniels, who is now doing everything he can to just destroy the Raiders um, from the inside. Uh, look, dude. Is it any secret these guys come back and now now you have Patricia back last year, but you get Judge back this year, and special teams look better than they have in a long time. Uh, I mean, it, these small these little things that New England always did, kind of got weren't really happening the last few years because some of these guys went off and got coaching jobs elsewhere, and now they're coming back, and these are the guys that helped Belichick build this dynasty. And it's no secret we're seeing more consistent play, developing every week, adjustments at halftime, adjustments in the same quarter. This is a very promising time for this team. And if you're somebody who really counted on them having a 10, 15-year rebuild and being away from them being successful for a long time, not sorry. No, I I agree with you, Chris, because some some have said the same thing about uh, Alabama. uh, Long long success recruiting and and, and field uh, on the field play you've seen a lot of turnover at offensive coordinator defensive coordinator assistants they've gone on to success elsewhere and you keep pulling those pieces away at some point they're going to go to schools that are in the vicinity of Alabama they're going to pull talent Yep. So now, not only are you losing losing recruiting, but you're also losing the talent that helps you recruit those players. So sometimes you have to take that step back oh, for yeah. a year or two. You know, the joke was Alabama doesn't um, doesn't uh, rebuild; they reload. Well, yeah. sometimes you do because you gotta, and, and and Saban's getting you know up there in age, but. You know, the staff around you is important, uh, just as important as the players on the field. So I agree with you on that. And uh, I'm just going to leave with two things. Uh, one, Michigan 7-0. and Nice, nice. There we go. Where are they ranked now? They are ranked currently in, you know, whatever poll you look at. The uh, coaches poll have them at three. The AP has them at four. Okay. It is what it is. Um, it doesn't matter at this point, but um, 
Obviously, we got the game um, next week against Michigan State. That's going to be a bloodbath. That's a revenge game from last year. And then uh, the big game at the end of the month, uh, end of next month against uh, the Ohio State. And that's going to be a huge game. And then, uh, Chris, I'm just going to leave with this. And it is early because it's uh, midway through the first, first quarter. Uh, you know, I told you Tennessee uh, beat Alabama last week. Yep. Okay. Tennessee is facing uh, UT Martin Skyhawks. Tied 7-7, first quarter. <laughs> there's no you rhyme or reason the, sometimes. There's no rhyme the, or reason. You the letdown <laughs> game, you know, there's the trap game and then there's the letdown game. And uh, yep. I don't want to say it's going to be an upset, but Tennessee. Yeah, by the time the game's over, it could be 48-7 Tennessee. Correct. You know, like you see it all the time in college. Be. It's like you see a team hang with a, with an elite team in the first quarter, and then it's like, oh no, no, wait, <laughs> we're gonna make these adjustments. That's why we are who we are. Right. I mean, let's let's not push it past it, Chris. Uh, I was up seven to three on Ohio State right now, so you don't understand. I'm a little giddy about that, but I am under the reality. Iowa can't score, and Ohio State will explode. So yeah, yeah. I can have a little hope there, but I, it's just intriguing how. You can have this eruptive win and then come back next week and just, yeah, you're flat because you put everything into that win, which is why it's important to, as a coach, uh, as a staff, to kind of keep your team even keeled. Yep. You know, just like Michigan, Michigan's, you know, they're facing Michigan State this week or uh, next week. And, as much as Michigan State's poor this year, uh, they're the reason why they didn't go undefeated. Or the, the one re- uh, they weren't undefeated um, going into the college football playoff because Michigan State beat them. So I don't think this is a trap game, but there's a couple games before Ohio State. Those are if they're undefeated and, and Ohio State's undefeated. Those are trap games right there that you know can sneak up on you. So oh yeah, you you see it in college and pro. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. And, uh, you know, especially when we're talking about football, where games are at a premium. You know, you got to gotta be careful because you need those wins. And, uh, you know, you, you saw it this Thursday, too, with, uh, with a 28, what was it, 2014 win uh, by, uh, by um, Arizona? Or they won. I know they won. But, um, uh, on on Thursday night football. I won like forty two to twenty eight. Oh, was it forty two twenty eight? Or forty two thirty one? I think it was. Oh, okay. I was thinking of another game then. But um, you know, it, Arizona was falling behind in the sta- in the in the standings. Now they kind of can make it up because, like we talked about, that was going to be one of the one of the divisions this year that was going to be good in the NFC and hasn't turned out. To Having one of the best, most consistent receivers of the past couple of decades in DeAndre Hopkins back doesn't hurt either. That's true. Also doesn't hurt my fantasy team. Finally can hmm. get to use the guy. All right, anything else? Well set. All right. That's going to do it for episode 187 or 188. It'll say it on the, uh, on the rundown. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode or past episodes or anything sports-related at all, Ben, I'd love to hear from you. And where can you get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSpod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, bctspod.com. 
and Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please, whatever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and review, subscribe, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate it. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next week. Thank you.